Hey, 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 little lady. Yeah. How's it hanging, lab rats? Hopefully on the straight and narrow like bone marrow. Welcome to Crime Keeper. Igor here. Got that little uh, beginning from Urban Dictionary, which has, I guess, replaced the Encyclopedia Britannica and is now like the Facebook of reference materials, like, you know, Insta and whatnot. I'm going to dispense with the foreplay and get right into the main event, which is part two of my Cult Schmoltz series. We are going to be taking off the final five of the Thrillist top 10 cults you've never heard of. These first two are heavy on the death, the third has hate and some death, and the last two have no death, because that's where it breaks down with cults these days. I attempted to do the whole Joe Bob Briggs breakdown like he does with like two naked samurai uh, sword fights with faces being removed and that kind of thing, but it just didn't translate, so I stopped. Number one. So, of course, we're starting, we're going to do five, but I'm still going to do one to five to make ten, because that's math. Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments, code name MRTCG, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? We're going to keep with the same thing we did before. I tell you when it was founded, the belief systems, if they're still together, and then anything else like that, that's unique to them. They were founded back in the 80s, and it was loosely related to Catholicism, the rash of the Virgin Mary and Jesus sightings in Africa. Now, these sightings weren't recognized by the official Catholic Church through 81 to 89, but in 1987, seven quote-unquote seers were selected and approved by the church to supervise the sightings. In Rwanda, Spasosia Makunatabin a local girl claimed she was affiliated with these seers and moved to Mumbai to form a sect. She joined forces with Paul Kashaku and his daughter, Credonia Merwinden. Paul claimed to have seen the vision of his deceased daughter, Evangelista, and went on to report in 1998 of having this important vision, right? This brought about the attention of a fellow vision-haver, Joseph Kebaratu, who was a known member of the Catholic-based Democratic Party since the 70s. So he was a well-known dude and respected. But he also states he was receiving manifestations for the past four years before they kind of got together. So dude decides to start having meetings in his home, this uh, Kiparande dude. The next totally normal step is to appoint 12 apostles, right? half of them women, which is good, and for him to become their leader after Paul's death in 1991. Not the Paul's death from the Beatles. That was just a thing. It's its own conspiracy. I understand that. A boarding school was started in 1994 through 98 from this group, the MRTCG. Then the license was revoked due to its curriculum being anti-constitutional. Of course, this was judged by the Rwandan, the African government, and public health issues and maltreatment of children. So, you know, the anti-constitutional, that can be a obviously political thing, but the health violations and the maltreatment of children, that's pretty straightforward, unfortunately. Belief systems. This group believed the Ten Commandments had become distorted and needed to be restored to their full value. 
For example, girls that wore pants instead of dresses were immoral. You know, that old chestnut. Another belief they have? These seven seers that they chose. They alleged to have seen Jesus, Mary, and Joseph multiple times, which coincidentally was after the Catholic Church recognized similar visions for their group. Kananungu was the rescue place for the Virgin Mary, so the group relocated there in 1994. Everybody in this group questioned the reliability of apparitions, clerical garb, best ways of partaking of communion, except you have, have to be kneeling and not touch the host with your hands. So that's, that's just, that's a given. You didn't have to speak Latin during rituals, which breaks away from... I guess, the traditional Catholic Church. This group touted themselves as a conservative Catholic group and not a new religious movement. They avoided sex and talking in case the commandment about bearing false witness was broken. So, you know, don't really say a whole lot in case you break a commandment. That's interesting. What they actually did, they just went ahead and made up their own sign language just to avoid breaking any commandments, especially the... uh bearing false witness. The end of this cult was on March 17th of 2000, when hundreds of members, including 78 kids, died in Kanagu, Uganda, in a fire. Some say homicide, others say mass suicide. So again, going back to the People's Temple with Jim Jones, that's what it conjures up for me. Bodies were found in other sites in mass graves, which raised this total body count to 780. The cause of death was stabbing. Now, I had read, I believe, some things where there were poisonings, there were stabbings. It just, again, it really reminded me of the People's Temple ending. Together or not, nay, they are not currently together. And of course, that's just based on my research, looking around the internet, couldn't find anything about it. They could be worshiping, not really talking about it in smaller groups. We wouldn't know, right? So that is the first one, the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments. Second, we are moving on to one that I know last podcast did a deep dive on. I think it's like a four-parter. It's Om Shinrikyo, codename Aleph, which they gave themselves after, which we'll see. And my codename is the Sarin Gas Shitbags. Going over my references, I got... Some things from the New World Encyclopedia, not the Urban Dictionary. I just totally made that up. And learnreligions.com. And I should mention for the references for the first information is, again, the encyclopedia.com. So the founding of Am Shinrikyo was by Shoku Asahara, and he was born Matsumoto Chizuo. I've also seen it as Chizuo Matsumoto. In each source, they had it different. One's got to be backwards, right? In 1955, this is when he was born, and he had limited vision in one eye and was considered legally blind. He allegedly became a bully, a la Nelson Muntz, with physical abuse as well as extortion of his peers. He moved to Tokyo in 77, where he studied acupuncture and religion after being rejected by university. I felt real European saying it like that. Not the university. I said university. Get it. 1984. He began a yoga and meditation class known as Om Club, A-U-M Club, or Om no Kai, which grew steadily until it officially became a religious organization in 1989. 
It was known as a religious cult for the elite due to it attracting so many graduates from Japan's high, um, high society universities. 1978, Shoku was indicted for running a pharmacy without a license. Listen, I tell my friends a lot at work. I'm a non-licensed pharmacist, so I may or may not be able to get you some low-grade um, elephant tranquilizers. So I get it, but I haven't been indicted, allegedly. In 1990, Asahara wrote a book declaring himself to be Christ calling himself the Lamb of God, and in this vein, said it was his job to take on the sins of the world, and for this reason alone, he could relieve anyone who followed him of their sins. Like every solid, well-adjusted leader, he wrote a manifesto detailing his doomsday prophecy, which included a third world war started by the United States. Oh, and if you happen to be one of his followers, you'd totally be safe belief systems based on Buddhist and Hindu yoga personal enlightenment, saving humankind from destruction, also biblical prophecies focusing on the end times, spiritual healing to cure illness, positive thinking to increase intellect, and living by aesthetic practices, i.e. like no Nintendo, HBO Max, or Starbucks. So what popped in my mind with knowing that? How does one get into positive thinking when you can't be caffeinated or listen to Cartman yell about things like respecting his authority and he was going to go home and he'd kick you in the nuts? I don't get it. They also believed in the Hindu god Shiva as the main deity of destruction. Asahara had the divine mission of establishing the utopian Buddhist kingdom of Shambhala and he was to build a communal lotus village across Japan. They believed that... They needed to complete a sophisticated sequence of training and spiritual testing to rid themselves of bad karma. They also said that the, they needed to save the world by having enough followers so their positive spiritual energy could overcome the negative forces in the world and totally avoid Armageddon at the end of the 20th century. Because Armageddon was that bad of a movie. It's okay to get weapons from Russia and try to assassinate opponents. They also had candidates run for political office in the 90s while they were manufacturing sarin and VX gas at their compound where they released a cloud of sarin gas in Matsumoto, killing eight people and injuring 500. Now, police were not able to make the connection to the cult. So, which leads us to our next topic of notoriety. Asahara started believing that harnessing energy wasn't enough to save the world, so made the obvious connection for mass indiscriminate death as the only answer, as you do. This led us to 1995's Tokyo subway sarin gas attack, causing Asahara to be sentenced to death by hanging in 2004, being executed in 2018. And I actually typed handing instead of hanging. Very different, death by handing. That kind of sounds a little bit cool. It's just too good for him. The event. So let's talk a little bit about the Tokyo subway attack. Police were closing in on the group after connecting them to the murder of a relative of a cult member that escaped. So this person escaped and they're like, yeah, well, I'm going to get your mom or somebody. I think it was a brother. Asahara was alerted to this fact and decided to distract the investigation by introducing a chemical nerve agent to the public, this time in Tokyo subway via liquid sarin. It was carried in plastic bags and wrapped in newspaper in five different trains during rush hour. Each cultist also had a packet of sarin and an umbrella with a sharpened tip that was used to puncture the bags. 
They then left the train after the puncturing while the sarin leaked onto the train cars. It was later said they had enough to kill 4 million people. Two months later, hundreds of members were arrested, including Ashat Asahara himself, together or not. Now considered to be a terrorist organization, believers in the earlier teachings worked to change the image post-attack, updating the name to Adelef, and even started a compensation fund for its victims. By 2004, there were 1,500 to 2,000 members, and in 2006, many of them had left to separate themselves from the attacks and formed a new organization called Hikaru Noa, or Ring of Light. A lot of these groups are still out there. You may or may not be surprised to know. Like I said, just kind of gone underground, which is scary. Or in this case, try to take the positiveness and the base teachings and expand on the good stuff, which is good stuff. If we move on to number three, the creativity movement, which is codename by me, Toenail Fungus of the Soul Cult, and if you love white supremacy, this may be the religion for you. So the sources I've got this information for are the SPLC Center, which is the Southern Poverty Law Center, which I'm a real proponent of. They really are uh, social justice, anti-hate, and also ADL.org and rationalwiki.org. The creativity movement was founded in 1973 as the Cult of the Creator by Ben Claussen, later renamed the World Church of the Creator, WCOTC, by its new leader, Matt Hale, in 96, post-suicide in 93 of Claussen. The group grew a reputation for its rampant criminal violence of members and Hale's verbal assaults, i.e., you know, not warm and fuzzy. The belief systems. This is a quote by Ben Claussen, 1987. We gird for total war against the Jews and the rest of the goddamned mud races of the world, politically, militantly, financially, and religiously. So Rahawa, or racial holy war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I've got a few more points here, but I, yeah. They revered convicted murderers for killing a black sailor and Gulf War veteran in 91, and they also looked up to members plotting to bomb a black church in um, L.A., assassinate Rodney King was a plan, and those involved with the 93 firebombing of an NAACP office in Tacoma, Washington. They did outreach to women and children via the Women's Frontier and the Sisterhood of the WCOTC, teaching that while the church first and foremost views women's most natural and important role to be that of a mother to beautiful white children and loving wives to our glorious white men, our women members, just as our male creators, can become ordained reverends and rise to positions of influence. Can't anymore. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Think we get the gist? Together or not? Possibly. It fell into disarray in the mid-90s due to the convictions of several members and a lawsuit by the family of the aforementioned murdered Gulf War vet. Hale was convicted of the solicitation of murder of a federal judge in 2004 and was made to change its name due to copyright infringement, losing its cred, but 
there was a Wyoming group that was still running as of 2005. So like I said, the first two, kind of rough. The third, not not much better. These last two, gonna lift this up a little bit, okay? So let's just get ready to do that. John Frum, that's just, that's it. John Frum, F-R-U-M. Code name, let's follow a white military guy that symbolizes capitalism, but somehow encourages locals to get back to their roots and avoid materialism. That, that was my code name for it. Uh, references, smithsonianmag.com and the, the vintagenews.com. Now this interesting um, cult falls in a different territory or genre, I guess maybe. And it was founded in the remote island of Tana in the South Pacific nation of Vanatu. This... This religion was founded in the remote island of Tana in the South Pacific nation of Vanuatu, which sounds totally like an ailment. Seems like like my Vanuatu is acting up again, so I gotta stop licking butts and, you know, use that ointment again for a while. No shame to the local people or location, of course, just my gross, you know, immature thinking. It is most recently known from Survivor and how in 1774, James Cook was there and was the first white person to see the volcano, but banned from climbing up to like get a closer look to see it. John Frum first appeared one night in the late 30s after elders drank more shells of kava than a Polynesian shell-tailed bat and received a message from the spirit world by a white guy who spoke their language. Now, kava, I guess, is their local drink that they get from their plants and makes you feel real good. This John Frum character went on to advise them to stop listening to the white man, throw away money, clothes, take their kids out of schools and stop going to church and begin living their custom life, i.e. drinking kava, worshiping magic stones, and performing the ritual dances. Now, custom life, again, I think is their traditional way of life, referred to as a cargo cult. So this is what I mean. It's a different genre, different type of cult that I've not uh, come across before. So these cargo cults came about during World War II when the U.S. troops were there. Anthropologists say it's due to the outside world subtly bringing in its material wealth and the tribes weren't sure where it's coming from, so they thought it was magic from the spirit world. Post-war, the islanders think they could summon back the troops by construction constructing piers and airships for them and praying for ships and planes to once again provide them with those items. Very unusual. I hadn't heard of, but you know, everyone thinks that their religion, you know, is not weird and everyone else's is, right? Their belief systems. John Frum will one day shower their remote island with riches. February 15th is John Frum Day, where devotees overtake the village to honor him as as he promised them he would bring plane loads and ship loads of cargo from America if they prayed to him. Like radios and TVs and medicine and Coca-Cola and, quote, many other wonderful things. John Frum lives in their volcano, but his purportedly once-occupied hut is a shrine where there hangs from a beam a glove, a stone axe, a pair of green stones carved into silver dollar-sized circles that were made by the gods a long time ago and hold very powerful magic. 
They also have blackboards there that are like Ten Commandments style that his followers read and again tell of leading a castom, K-A-S-T-O-M, life and refrain from violence. It has a red chalk cross that they probably got from the hospital cross when it was there with the military. John Frum came to steer them back to their customs, such as kava drinking and dancing, after the missionaries and colonial government were destroying their culture. John is a spirit, so knows everything, even more than your Jesus. So there. He moves from America to Yasur through the volcano and under the sea. Believers dress in fatigues, uniforms if available. They do have some in that hut trying to him. They make homemade rifles, often of wood or bamboo, and have tribal leaders' names that they are referred to as prophet or chief. And yes, they are still together on the small island in the small little area. So it's a real niche called, I guess you'd say, maybe, maybe not. And they um, still have, I guess, their traditional beliefs, but also have been looking to, like the my code name alludes to, looking to for someone to give them things and but they can still do their traditional. So have their cake and eat it too, which is just human nature, I think. And the final one, the best one, realism. And that's R-A-E-L-I-S-M. Code name. there, this is from them, Intelligent Design for Atheists is what their um, website says. My code name is, is the creators, I-E U-A-L, loved a punani. And the references for this are, like I said, their website, rael.org, and allthatsinteresting.com. Raelism was founded by Claude Voraham, and he began as a musician and actually had a hit single, then had a career as a sports car, auto racing journalist, eventually publishing his own auto magazine, Autopop. Now, he is known to his followers as Rael on the website. It spells it in all caps, R-A-E-L, caps like share. He was 27 years old when on the morning of December 13th, 1973, he had an encounter with a human being at a volcano park from another planet. Now the volcano park was on this planet. The human being was from another planet. He was in the process of running his successful racing car magazine. This ET instructed him on our true origins and how to organize our, our future, which was recorded in the book Intelligent Design. They met six more times before Rael accepted the mission to give given to him of informing humanity of this revolutionary message and preparing mankind to welcome their creators, capital C, as conscious and grateful human beings. After a few months considering this huge task, Rael almost developed a stomach ulcer. This is all from their website, of course. Before finally deciding to give up his much-loved career as a sports car journalist. Kind of reminds me of that family guy when Peter went to his high school reunion as a cowboy astronaut, rock star, or something like that. And then he became a football player with Tom Brady. Anyway, this is kind of the same thing to me, but it's supposedly in IRL. And so he finally accepted this mission and to devote himself fully to the task assigned to him by Yahweh, which is the extraterrestrial's name who he met, right? It gives me um, 
kind of pangs of the Dr. George King from the Ethereum Society, again, codenamed by me, Mild Alien Hippies. The first public conference that was held by Rael was in Paris on 919 of 94, which I don't know if has significance or not, and had 2,000 attendees. This led to the founding of M-A-D-E-C-H. MADEC doesn't say if that's an acronym, just that's it, kids. That would later become the Raelian Movement. In 1974, there were 170 members, and their website reports now, whatever year that was, I couldn't find it, that there are more than 100,000 people in over 120 countries. Belief systems. Here we go. Now, I took most of this from the website. Check it out. They give you nice headings. So if we start with our first little uh, section, the message from ETs. Intelligent and powerful beings came to Earth in vehicles from the sky that ended up being scientists that created all life. Our ancestors referred to them as Elohim, which in Hebrew means those who came from the sky. Over time, this plural took this plural word took on the meaning of a singular God that's now in the Bible. These Elohim hung with prophets like Moses, Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, all the greats to guide us through the ages with messages of love, harmony, and peace, which, in my estimation, is how the McRib got introduced. They have asked us to build an embassy in Israel where they will officially return to meet with our world leaders. Doesn't say when, but that's good. It keeps it open, right? Rael, the next little section on the website. Um, Maitreya, Rael, is the last messenger sent by the Elohim, and was asked to make their final message to humanity known to everyone. He tours the world giving conferences and seminars and authored additional books such as Sensual Meditation and Yes to Human Cloning. They believe, and he believes, I guess I should say, because what he believes, they believe. Love should be free and not shameful, which inspired public actions from the promotion of condoms in schools to masturbation. I'm not sure if they mean like in schools only or generally just, hey, touch yourself. It's cool. The need to perfect cloning technology so that we can transfer our alien brethren's minds into new bodies, such as like Jesus with his resurrection, thus achieving immortality. So yes, they do point to Jesus's resurrection as um, a form of this. They or he support minorities with the slogan, to tolerate differences is not enough. One should love differences. But I read on and I didn't see anything about like an actual community support fund or any type of money um, being, you know, moved in that direction. They promote anti-book censure. So they're for leaving books alone. And, you know, I'm assuming book burnings, the founding of Clonade, which sounds like a colon blow thing, but it's not. It's cloning, more the cloning jazz, you know. Promotion of GMOs as our only chance of food for all humankind. Creation of Clitorade, which is an association to help women circumcised repair their love buttons, and unification of all African chiefs to create the United States of Africa. Now, I'm in no way downplaying the mutilation of women in this way with the clitorade. I just honestly have an issue with saying that particular word to someone that's not my husband. I don't know why. I can use the word cunt and I can talk about 
getting moist. That word doesn't bother me, but I just guess I'm old fashioned. They further believe that ex, this is, <laughs> this is a clip, a uh, clip. This is a directly taken from their website again, which obviously I'm really enjoying. In all caps, it just says, extraterrestrials require special diplomatic status. So I'm going to leave that right there for you. There's a bit more, but you know, that's all, that's all you really need to know. They further claim that the perfect society should establish a geniocracy, G-E-N-I-O-cracy, which is a worldwide democracy where only smart people vote. Kind of agree with that, but who's going to determine who's smart, who's not, what's the cutoff? Is that fair? Is that a monopoly? Anywho, they also have a happiness academy with the following classes. Meditation, kindness and compassion, Oneness by awakening your mind, by awakening your body, and discover self-love with a picture of a woman with her eyes closed showing major cleavage, leading me back to the masturbation belief. So, you know, I mean, I jacked it twice while typing this. Also, scrolling down through the website, I was looking through like the short clips of the international event, this Happiness Academy, and I noticed the theme with these pictures and uh, like they have uh, the abs showing from a cutoff shirt from a young woman in Okinawa. There was a stripper like red bra short with metal situation um, that a woman was wearing in Ilohika. Ilohika? Don't know where that is. And the general, it says Happiness Academy. It's just the general. It doesn't say any location. It just says Happiness Academy. And it has six Asian women in maid uniforms surrounding the only male who just gets to be fully dressed in a suit. So got thinking of a theme here. So this is why I put the code name that the creators, i.e. Rael, loved a Punani. And with this, there's a side note. A, I find um, poos and punani is a really hilarious word. But I was listening to the dollop and they were doing um, like a two or three parter on Steven Seagal. And they mentioned that he made an album. So I looked it up. Songs from the Crystal Cave is the record. And it features a song with this um, performer named Lady Saw. And the song is called Me Want Da Punani. You have to look up, just look it up. You'll see a picture of Steven Seagal with the guitar. And what's even funnier is I forget the source, but this, the author described it as outsider country and dancehall music mixed with Aikido. It just, I really love that. Back to Rael, the, the further reading on their site says that when the aliens return to Earth, the sensual meditation, you know, the book he just happened to author, is going to be the focus of the religion because you need all your senses to be utilized to become one with the universe at that time. And it has to be done naked, which goes back to our friends from part one, the Freedomites, who like to do everything, let's say it together, in the nude. If all this sounds really good and you're ready to go, there's an official baptism ceremony that serves to transfer your DNA to the aliens so you'll be recognized as a Raelian or at the, um, Ra yeah, Raelian at the time of the final judgment. So you go and you report back and let me know how that works out, together or not. Yay! And I went to their events page and, uh, 
here's some upcoming events. May 14th is Planetary Online Meditation. May 15th, there's a lecture series for the Jewish communities. May 1st through 31st, the whole month is Clitoris Awareness Month. I said it. We're not married. Don't look at me for like five minutes, okay? Uh, June 25th is Swastika Rehabilitation Day. And August 20th, Go Topless Day. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's some good events there. And this will also allow me reasons to ask off from the lab um, for some mental health days. So I'm texting Queen V right now. I'm going to ask for extra long lunches uh, next month. So, yeah. Well, we did it. It's that time again. Queen V is calling me back into the lab with the smells and sights of the salty fish head goodness. I must depart. But remember, everyone must find their truth. Mine is Abby Normal. If you enjoy the experience and experiments of Murder Lab, go to Facebook, Instagram, and MurderLabMedia.com for updates. Share with your friends, those you created in a lab or not, as long as they can subscribe and listen, we'll take it. Murder Lab is available on Google Play and iTunes. The RSS feed is on MurderLabMedia.com for you to plug into your podcast app. We can always use more lab rats.